Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast, brought to you from the M Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of multi-sport, swimming, biking, running. We're here to talk about it. I'm your host, Brian Schengenfelder. My co-host, Linda Ward, couldn't make it. Still finishing up her class and work. We've just had a hard time syncing our schedules. So you're stuck with me on another solo episode. This week, we're going to probably talk about swimming a little bit more and some of my ruminations of being a coach for... 10 years in the sport. But I'd like to kind of start kind of giving you an update on where we've been the last week. We had fall break. We didn't really go anywhere. And well, my soccer got canceled because vacation week and people weren't around. God, it's been, it feels like forever since we've actually played some soccer games. But we'll have some soccer games this weekend. That'll be good. But so we didn't have soccer. We went to a St. X football game, St. Xavier High School. Where I graduated. They were playing Manual, another team, Manual Stadium. For those who are not from Kentucky, St. Xavier, Kentucky, which I wouldn't blame you, they play at Manuel Stadium for years. It was their home stadium. My alma mater didn't have there, and so they played at Manuel, which was actually closer to St. Xavier than it is to Manuel High School. It was a stadium that was built in the 19th. Seats about 15,000. It's, it's a really nice stadium. It's older, just showing some signs of age. But still, it's a, it's a well-done stadium. And I hadn't been there in like 17 years. <laughs> Cinex built their own stadium in 2004. It'd probably been a couple years before that, before I'd been to Manuel Stadium. It's been a long time. It, it was a stadium I grew up going to all the time in high school. It was just really neat to see something you haven't seen in so long. Experience a, a football game, a, a big chunk of my... It was a really neat experience, so that's good. It, it was a good time. This coming weekend, I said we got soccer coming back up. We're also going to go see Dude Perfect this weekend. Uh, Dude Perfect is uh, a group on... has made their fame on you they uh they, they made their fame doing trick shots they're they're a fantastic youtube i would highly recommend going and, and watching they're very family friendly and just really entertaining and kind of sports oriented but still very entertaining group and we're hoping to see them i'll, I'll give you a report on on that next our podcast I'm, I'm looking forward to that but what i want to talk about this week is kind of a some of the ruminations and reflections i have of swimming uh when i started swimming i was late 30s like hey I'm gonna do triathlon and my wife was like but you don't swim I'm like so <laughs> I was very naive back then <laughs> as to what swimming involved I started out kind of biking and running trying to get some fitness and then I took up swimming and quickly realized while I could move around in the water swimming was a completely <laughs> I remember my first race I was about 75 yards into it I'm clinging to the wall just in this, trying to hold down a panic attack. I'm just, <laughs> I was struggling. It, you swim in a lap lane, it's very calm. You swim with 50 other, 60 other people in a pool. It starts to rock a little bit. I'd got water in my face. It was just very unnerving for me at that point in time. I remember clinging to the wall. I'm like, I, I got to get back out there. I finished the swim. It was like a 9 minute and 50, 400 yard swim. Not exactly fast. I, like I said, I was still struggling trying to figure out how to swim i reading about how to swim learned how to swim from a book since then i joined a master's team i remember swimming one afternoon one lady was like you should swim masters we have we do it at 5 30 in the morning and i was like 5 30 in the morning who gets up at that ungodly hour <laughs> i was very much a night owl at that point in time and i remember going to masters and it was a really good experience it kind of taught me how to kind of do a swim workout if you got to keep moving i had a coach who kind of started giving me some pointers in swimming and and give me some direction give me some feedback that i frankly lacked swimming by myself 
he was the coach for about a year or two, and then I took over, and I've been the coach of the master coming up on 10 years, if not already past. That's a, a long time in that position, and I've learned a lot over that period of time, not only from my own swimming, but watching and trying to figure out how to swim freestyle. And what I really wanted to kind of do today was just kind of go over what I learned from that time as a coach about swimming. And, and, and I have kind of six key steps to swimming. Four I consider kind of the beginner steps, and then the five and six are kind of the things that are more advanced swimmers need to kind of figure out about. These are the things I've developed here probably in the last year or two as my swimming is get a lot faster. Where I swam that 950 that first time, if I were to swim today, that number is B6 or, or just under six at that. The first thing I think most swimmers who are new to the sport don't really get is the length. You know, they know that, hey, I need to stick my arm up. I need to get it out in front of me to create that length. But they don't really understand. It's not just getting that arm out in front of you. It's really reaching and stretching that arm out as far as you possibly can. That's part of the length. That gives you maybe an extra half inch or an inch of length, which again helps you bring the feet up a little bit. It also engages the core, which we'll talk about a little later, which is really important. And it causes you to rotate your shoulders, making you a little bit narrower, making you faster. You know, when I first started swimming, I thought my now they don't. Part of that is because I get longer with my stroke. It's also because you get faster. One of the interesting things about feet sinking is the faster you get as a swimmer, the less your, your feet swing. So there's this kind of chicken and egg thing going on here with swimming. Of Yeah, my feet sink as a new swimmer, but as I get faster, they, they naturally come up. Some of that is from really understanding that length and getting that little bit longer to help get your feet up. The second part of new swimmers and where they have microphone issues today and where they struggle is the vertical forearm where I need to get the arm vertical so that when I pull back, I'm vertical to the bottom and I'm actually pushing straight back. If that arm is not vertical, when I start pushing back, the force is split between backwards and usually downward. My arm isn't perfectly vertical Part of the force goes backwards and part of it goes down. Now, some people do this to lift their head for breathing, but the big thing is it's just trying to get that arm vertical. And what it took me years to figure out, the big chunk of getting that vertical is being able to keep what they call the high elbow. And really all the high elbow is is just getting that elbow pointed towards the outside of the pool. If I can get that pointed towards the outside of the pool, then I can get my arm in a vertical position for the pullback. And to do that, you actually have to rotate the shoulder inward some. That's what keeps the elbow high. And it took me years to figure out, well, you know, if I just rotate my shoulder just a little bit inward, hey, that elbow stays high. It stays out wide. I can now get that pull down. And that, that vertical forearm is just such a huge part of being able to create propulsion in swimming. And it's something that new swimmers really struggle with. And, and learning and, and that's something that you know like a fist drill can be really handy in that because it teaches you to you begin to feel the water on your forearm as you pull back that helps you kind of know like okay now I know I'm vertical or maybe just holding a paddle in your hand and pushing back just try to get that feel of pushing straight back with that forearm it's just such an important part of swimming and you know if, if I'm not vertical I'm pushing down a lot of times you see that beginners because you get to the next point which is breathing 
they want to breathe. And to breathe, they want, they want to pick their head up. And the only way you can pick your head up and breathe is if you push down. If I push down, then my head can lift up and I can breathe. If I'm vertical, I'm just going to sink. This is one of the other good reasons for the fish drill. If I'm pushing down to breathe, it will keep me from being able to lift my head because my hand will just go straight down into the water. I, I don't have anything to push off of. And so I try to breathe instead of bring in some water. What we need to do from a breathing standpoint is I want that length. When I reach long, I want to use that arm support and length to turn my head and breathe. If I can turn my head and breathe there, I'm no longer pushing down on the water. I'm using my length as a breathing thing. Now I can go into my stroke and maintain good form while I'm breathing. And by getting that length and being long, when I turn, I can keep one goggle in the water to breathe. I don't have to raise my head to breathe. That's a huge part of the early part of learning to swim. Now, the other part of, of breathing that's important for new swimmers is just learning to exhale underwater. So many swimmers will hold their breath when their face is in the water. Then when they turn to breathe, they have to exhale and then inhale all in that short amount of time. When you do that, it's almost impossible to push all of that CO2 out of your system. Your breath is too short, too short of an exhale, and you can't get all the CO2 out. So when you're bringing oxygen into your system, it's being crowded out by that CO2, and that builds over time. If you've ever swam at 25 and out of breath, most likely it's because you didn't exhale and you're getting that buildup of CO2. I find a lot of new swimmers, they swim 25 and they're completely out of breath. And it's all because they're holding their breath when their face is in the water. It's just what it is. Those are the things that beginners really need to work on. And the last fourth thing that beginners need to work on is kicking. When I first started, I hated kicking. I was slow at it. I was bad at it. I still don't really care for kicking that much because I'm still not great at it. I'm better than I was, but I'm still not great at it. And it's just, just something I really don't like doing for whatever reason. But kicking is an important part of swimming. And the reason I know it's an important part of swimming is because the faster swimmers kick faster than the slower swimmers. I don't have an instance in a Masters, and I've got people of slow to fast speed. The faster swimmers inevitably kick faster than the slower swimmers. So there's something to that propulsion that helps you. I think there's two things in the, in the kicking. I think that motion helps keep the hips a little bit higher. It also provides propulsion. If I can kick 25 yards four or five seconds faster than you, well, when I'm swimming, I'm going to be faster than you because that propulsion from the kick is going to help me get down the, the lane faster than your non-propulsive kick. So there's two things that kick provides. It does provide propulsion. It's not the primary propulsion engine, but it provides a significant, I believe, amount of propulsion to your stroke. If you can kick fairly fast, you're going to probably be a fairly fast swimmer as well. Or at least you're going to be faster than you would be if you were a slower kicker. And the second thing is it helps get those hips higher. I believe that kicking motion has a bit of a upward as well as backward force generation. And that upward force generation is what keeps your hips higher. So people that are efficient at kicking a lot, is basically pulling their butt up and pushing you forward. So there's two elements to kicking. And those that's where swimming is important for the beginner to focus on. Those four things. My length, getting that length, getting that extension, really extending out. It's about getting the breath right. It's about getting that vertical forearm so I can push back. 
And lastly, it's about having an efficient kick. It doesn't have to be a great kick, but at least a more efficient kick than when you first start kicking. If you know, if it takes me 30 seconds to kick 25, if I can get that down to 27, 26, you know, that's that's a nice improvement. That's where we want to go. We, you don't have to be down in the 15 range. You just have to get better at it, and, you, and you'll become a better swimmer from it. For those that have kind of mastered those basic skills and are still not getting faster, there's a couple of things that take you to that next level. And the reason I bring these up last is I think you have to have those foundational elements. You have to have the elements of a good stroke. The length, the vertical forearm, the kick, the breathing. Once you've mastered those basic skills, now you can start thinking about swimming faster. One of the advantages I've had as a master's coach, and specifically in this last year or two, is I've gotten some really fast swimmers on the team. Where that becomes important is now I can, in the same moment, see a fast swimmer in two lanes or three lanes down, someone that is slower than them and, and, and closer to beginner level or that kind of average level of a swimmer and see what is different about it. And the one thing that really strikes me when watching a faster swimmer over a lower, slower swimmer is their timing. And when I talk about timing, I'm talking about there's a moment at the top of their stroke or their extension of their stroke where they get more power than an average swimmer. Remember when I was a few minutes ago talking about getting long and then using your core to really turn that shoulder and extend longer? Well, when you use that core, you're in increasing the amount of power that's being generated on that back side of the stroke because your, your, your arms kind of work in unison when you swim, right? When I'm extending out and getting long and really pushing that, I'm, I'm engaging the core. If I can get a kick with it, that means that back end of that pool is going to be that much stronger, that much harder before the hand leaves the water. And there's that moment where I think most swimmers gain their speed. It's in that last little bit, last third of the stroke, where all your speed is gained. And there's a timing element to that of... You know, I'm, I'm building, 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 and boom. The last bit of it's the fastest part of the stroke. Because what we've learned in swimming and my study of swimming is that the velocity of the hand is not good to be constant all the way through the stroke. And in fact, from the top to the end, you want velocity to increase. That's known as acceleration. And the more constant that acceleration is, the better your swim stroke will be. When kids learn to swim, they can go through this. And since their muscles are, are their their muscle activation is so new, they can easily form these that motion and, and learn the motion and get the subtlety of accelerating back that adults can't. Adults are coming into the game late. Uh, most of our me muscle memory patterns and stuff are well-developed. We have to forge new paths in our brain and new activations. And that becomes a lot more difficult than it is for someone who's 12, 13, 14. So the subtleties of getting acceleration, starting slow and getting faster, going backwards, is so much harder for an adult to learn. But that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to start slow and go fast. One of the problems that adults will have is they'll be really fast in that front end, between the, when their hand is up above them to their shoulder. They get really fast with that. And what happens is your hand just slips in the water. You don't really grab that water and push it back. That front end of the stroke the, between the extension and your shoulder needs to be fairly slow. 
what I've been able to do to help that a lot of times is just that beginning of the recovery. Because when my arm's out front, my, my hand's generally down beside my side. It's coming back up. If I slow that front down, that kind of slows down my or slows down the, the front of that recovery. The very back end is like heading forward. If I slow that down, I slow that front down and really allow myself to grab that water. And as I go forward, I get a little faster. And then when I get to the top, I kind of pop it up top. And that's the thing you all those fast swimmers they have that little bit of a pop right at the end of their swim that where you can just see them really make a moment and engage their core and get that timing right and they're just faster than those around them because they're able to put all those elements and get that timing right and that's so difficult but i mean it it's true in every sport if you've seen golf you'll see these small guys who can hit the ball 500 miles because their timing on the swing is right they get the weight shift all those pieces come together and they can hit it a long way if you don't have that timing you can hit it but you may not hit it as far as someone who gets that timing down and swimming's the same way that speed comes from getting that timing right of accelerating your hand from the tip to the end in a way that allows you to gather water in the front end and push it back <coughs> and that brings me to the last part of this which is feel for the water i remember when i first started swimming, people talked about, well, there's this feel for the water. It's this mystical thing that you develop over time. And one of the things I wanted to do as a coach is if I ever got to the point, I wanted to be able to figure out and describe it to other athletes so that they can begin to understand the feel. Unfortunately, as I go through, it's impossible to really put into words what that feeling feels like. So I'm going to try the best I can. And, and, and kind of give an, an idea of what that feeling is. For me, it starts with kind of the fingers on my hand. If you take your middle three fingers and the top half of those three fingers, that part, that becomes kind of your nerve center for understanding feel. The reason I focus on your fingertips is because that's where most of your nerves generally are. <coughs> and that's where I want to focus. And what I did was I spent a lot of time sculling, like at the end of a lane. I'd scull back and forth and try to maybe try to grab that water and pull it to my body and see how much water kind of flows up against my body as I scull into myself. I'll scull down the lane and, and see what makes me move faster. And I focus mainly on those three fingers and how that feels through the water. And what I found is when it's the best, I feel a constant pressure on those three fingers. I don't feel water going around the outside of the fingers. That, I think, is the slipping side of it. So if you feel those, that water moving through and around on the backs, on the edges of the fingers, you're probably slipping. There should be a constant pressure on those fingers as you pull back. That's when you know you've kind of grabbed the water and are pushing back on it rather than slipping through it. I know that's probably not the best <coughs> explanation but that's the best thing I can give is just really focusing on those fingers and for me like breaststroke is a great way I when I start practice now I'll usually rub my fingers just to kind of give them some activation and then I'll focus on breaststroke early in the swim because it's that skull out and skull back in where I can really feel it on those fingertips you know, sculling is another good drill where you can really feel that pressure on the fingertips and trying to get an idea of Okay, what is that acceleration that generates that proper feel on the fingers? 
backstroke is another good one for me to, to learn that feel. Because when you go in on backstroke, your hand's in a catch position already, and you're just kind of pushing against it. Freestyle, it's a lot more difficult because you your fingers are pointing forward, and then they're kind of going down, and you're getting your hand in a position to pull back. And for a lot of people, that getting that hand in the proper position is challenging. And until you can get that, it becomes really hard to work on the feel in freestyle. That's why these other strokes are really good. Because, you know, in, in breaststroke, I'm out there. I'm sculling out and back. I can really feel the how the water interacts with those fingertips. Same thing with backstroke. My hand enters. I'm in a position to pull. My hand immediately comes down. I can feel what that feels like on the finger. I try to maintain that pressure throughout the stroke. And that's where it comes from. Because in freestyle, you, you begin to feel the pressure as soon as you start the fingers down, and you maintain that pressure all the way through the back of the stroke. That's when you know you have a feel for the water. I know that's a bit esoteric and stuff, but that's the best I can do in explaining it. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring today. It's just kind of my feelings on swimming and, and getting better. You know, the four beginning things that you need you need that good extension, and most people generally who are new to sport don't extend far enough. Getting that breathing right, it's about getting that vertical forearm, and it's about developing your kick. You don't have to be a great kicker, but it's good to develop that kick. And then as you advance to the sport, you begin to, you know, new information can come to you, and, and you're more receptive to that information. That's when you start thinking about getting that timing right of okay, how do I accelerate? Where do, how do I have to do with my recovery? And I usually focus on the recovery to get that timing right because it's so much easier to maintain that speed on the recovery than it is to try to get that front end right. Because if I slow on the front end of the recovery, my front end will be slower as well. And then I can extend and then boom, really hit that timing on the front end. Because you got to get that extension skate, extension skate. It really bam, bam, right at that full extension, right when you're engaging that core. That's you got to do that every time to get that little bit of a last second whip to make yourself a faster swimmer. And then lastly, spending time learning to feel the water. I, I spend a lot of time just, like I said, sculling and just trying to understand my the interaction between the tips of my fingers and the water around me. Because once I started getting that and once I started really feeling the water, I got faster. I'm at the point now where I can swim a sub 130 with very little effort. No, not, I can swim a 130 100 with normal effort. With a little bit extra effort, I'm down in the mid to low 120s. I, I'm a lot faster swimmer than I used to be, and it's because of these six elements that I've spent 10 years understanding and trying to get better at. And, and I'm not there yet. I, I Myself, I have to get better as a swimmer but I'm, I, I, these are the things I'm focusing on to become that better swimmer. And I just wanted to pass that along, especially people that are coming in as an adult. I, I understand it's challenging. It takes a long time to develop these skills. But you can get there. I mean, I was able to get there. Of course, it only took me 10 years. But you can still get there if you apply yourself time and time again. And every time you go into the pool, you take things that you want to get better and improve upon. And that's really the other message of this is that, you know, hey, I've got these six elements. I need to be working on these and have some plan when I go swim to work on one of these elements, to get better at one of these elements so that when I'm just not just swimming mindless laps, because if I'm swimming mindless laps, I'm not paying attention to the vertical, early vertical forearm. I get sloppy. I start ingraining things that are not good form. For me, it's much more important to swim 25, 50, 100 yards with good technique than it is to try to swim 500 yards. 
Because if I swim 100 with good technique and 400 with bad technique, what do you think is going to take control and what is going to be burned into my memory? It's going to be those 400 with bad form and not the 100 with good form. So for me, swimming smaller chunks allows me to focus and, and maintain technique. And as I maintain some technique for a while, then I'll maybe do some little bit longer sets and try to extend out how far I have good technique. I mean, at this point, usually about 150, 200 yards is about as far as I can swim with good technique. And I generally don't swim much further than that at any one given time, especially at this time of the year where I'm in the off season. Now, when I'm in race season, I need to be able to swim longer sets or more intense sets and not focus on technique. But that's four months out of the year. The other eight months out of the year, heck, three months out of the year, the other eight, nine months out of the year, every bit of my swimming is very focused on elements and having that good technique. I don't like to swim long sets without good technique because it feels like I'm ingraining bad habits. And this is one of the reasons I don't like the hour swim in January that we always do. Because I know I can't swim an hour with good technique. And I'm always afraid that some of my bad habits will reemerge and ingrain themselves in the 55 minutes of that hour where I'm swimming with less than ideal form. So again, those are just kind of my thoughts. I'm going to wrap up here and close out this podcast. And if you know, if you have any questions or if you you know are looking for a coach in the sport, reach out to us at go3sports.com. We'll be glad to help you get where you need to go. So on that, I'll say adieu and have a great day if you want to. Thanks.